my fellow challenge lovers. Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very much for being here with us today. On today's podcast, we are taking a long, possibly very long and lengthy look back at All Stars 2, the entire season. That's right, a final wrap-up for the second season of this wonderful, wonderful show brought to us courtesy of Mark Long and the We Want OGs movement. Two seasons in the books, which is mind-blowing since it was only like a year and a half or whatever ago that the first We Want OGs hashtag was tweeted by Mark Long. And now we're already wrapping up season number two of the show. Insanity, true insanity. But we've documented the whole thing episode by episode along the way. Now we've got to zoom out, take one last look back at the whole thing before moving on to whatever shows the future may hold. All-Stars 3, Flagship Season 38, maybe it's Arrivals 4, who knows? Maybe there's other spinoffs we don't know. But we know we're getting more challenge goodness sometime in the future, and we can't wait. Now, this is the second season wrap-up that we've ever done here at Challenge Historian. If you listen to our Spies, Lies, and Allies wrap-up pod, this one will follow a similar agenda as that. We are going to spend some time rating the season as a whole. We're going to hand out some season-long awards for the best of the best along the way, and then hand out grades for every single cast member two grades per cast member, how we thought their season went, and if we would want to see them back again for a future season of All-Stars or the Flagship or any other challenge-related programming. Now, that's a lot to get to, but before we do, there's one other thing we have to talk about. Unfortunately, that topic uh, that has to be discussed is the controversy that has come out following the final episode airing just over a week ago and the final of All-Stars 2, the final like competition, the actual final itself. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, just sit tight. We will get into the details momentarily. Um, but discussing the production miscues, miscues will uh, be first on the docket before anything else. If you have no idea what I'm talking about and you also are thinking, I don't want to hear uh, how production may or may not have completely fucked up the entire final, um, I'd rather just live in ignorant bliss and have enjoyed the show and move on, great. Use the show notes and skip that uh, section. You'll be able to just move right into rating the season as a whole, and uh, the topic won't come up a whole lot uh, beyond there, so feel free to do that if needed. But otherwise, that controversy and kind of the production miscues have to be discussed, um, and they will be done so up top. Finally, before we fully dive in, just want to say, at the beginning of this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to all of you who have spent this entire season of All-Stars 2 listening to these recap podcasts. It means so, so much um, that anyone, literally anyone, would find enjoyment of any kind in listening to me ramble and muse on and on about my absolute favorite favorite television show and really any content of any kind. I just adore the challenge, which I'm sure you could tell or know at this point in the podcast history. Uh, flaws and all, this show is just is the absolute best thing, in my opinion. And I'm very grateful that anyone listens and then that you come back over and over to listen to me break all of these episodes down and these seasons and the whole thing down. So thank you, thank you, thank you. As for the future of this podcast, we will be taking a break for just a little bit here. Uh, While there are no seasons airing, I will for sure be back at the absolute latest when All-Stars 3 begins or the week before with a preview of All-Stars 3. 
which I'm guessing is going to be coming out in February, maybe early March at the latest. Hasn't fully been announced yet, but we've got the teaser. I'm guessing an actual trailer is coming any day, any week now, and that it's going to come out very, very quickly, um, given how long it's already been since they wrapped filming and how quickly they filmed two and three back to back. So that's going to be coming in February, March. Whenever All-Stars 3 comes out, I will be back with preview and recap podcast, but possibly even back sooner than that. Um, February, one way or the other, looks like when the show will restart once again. And once we re- once we restart, we will never be stopping again. Whether a season is airing or not, I'm going to be spending the downtime rewatching every season of the challenge. And yes, I mean every single one, so that I can put together full notes, clips, stats. I'm going to redo my entire stats, make sure they're all clean and. Uh, built out even further than what they already have been and just finally feel ready to take that mantle of challenge historian, bring you the content related to the history of the show, the best of the best, the worst of this, so on and so forth. So that's what I'm going to be spending this break doing. We will be back sometime in February or at the latest when All Stars 3, about a week or two before it actually launches. So thanks for listening now. Please make sure you have that follow or subscribe button hit so that when the show does return, you'll be alerted to it right away. With all that out of the way, Let's get into All-Stars 2. So, as we said, fortunately, we do have to start by discussing the fallout from the final. So we're going to do that up top. And again, if you don't want to hear any of that type of stuff, go ahead and uh, skip right on to segment number two. You can use those show notes to bounce around anywhere within this podcast that you would like. But we're starting up top with the controversy surrounding the final and all of our opinions on it. So let's do that now. Let's go. Controversy abounds. So... Uh, just over a week ago now, um, the final aired, episode 10, All-Stars 2, the final, the actual final of the season. We had four teams competing in it. We watched. It was you know suspenseful. It was good. We did a whole recap about the whole thing um, that you probably potentially listened to if you're listening to this one. I bet you listened to that one. And so we recapped it, and it was great. And we announced, you know, John A and MJ win, and we move on with our lives, get ready to do the season wrap-up. But then uh, some stuff happens, and by stuff, I mean some different people from cast members do some interviews and do some podcasts, and now we've learned a whole bunch of stuff that uh, is is honestly just a big bummer uh, about the final of the show and potentially really the season as a whole, and um we're gonna we're gonna run through uh, a few things here. Um, we're gonna touch on what all that was. If you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually explain what the the biggest of them were. There's a bunch of stuff, but it really three pieces of info, three different pieces of content that if you read or listened to uh, divulged certain information. So we're gonna run through all of them. But I want to start before anything else and just making this a dire segment clear that. Uh, that none of this is the players' fault, the actual people on the show's fault, the cast members' fault. Um, and so whatever opinions are shared during all of this by me or whatever, like none of none of this is uh, anything about MJ and John A or Janelle and Darrell or Melinda, Nehemiah, Tech, Ayana, or anyone else that was on the season uh, in general or was in the final. It's all about production and the production side of things really seemingly... Uh, just completely fucking up um, in multiple ways. Um, so let's get into it. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, let's review the 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 items that have come out first. Or I don't know if these are in 100 in order. I think these three things I'm going to talk about were 
in order, but Brad and Jody do an interview with Entertainment Weekly first, um, and in that interview, they reveal that the the final daily challenge, where the two of the you know you're on the semi truck, you jump down to your semi truck, and you got to untie some knots to get into a box to get some keys. And if you remember, Brad uh, and J- Brad and Jody were both very confused at what the knot situation. And Brad was so caught off guard that he just decided, I've got to get in these boxes. And I got to, I ripped the boxes off and they were thus DQ'd, sent into elimination where they lost and did not get to go to the final. Now, we we recapped that and we thought that was, we even said in our recap podcast, that's a little strange. Um, seemed like they literally had no idea what was going on or what they had to do or that the knots were a part of this and that it was kind of like funny and, you know, you know, the whole Brad hulking out and just ripping them off was like impressive, but also obviously you're going to get DQ'd all of that. We had, we had shared opinions. We had, we kind of had a laugh at it and you know, they went to the elimination, they lost, they got sent home and they were, as we said, all season long, kind of clearly the best team. Like if they were in the final, it was going to be really hard for them not to win um, the final, but potentially not the final that we ended up seeing more on that in a minute. But they reveal in this that there was zero communication about the knots in, in advance of actually doing the challenge itself, that they truly, no one said anything about it, that they were told there, the, there's boxes with keys and you have to get the keys out of the boxes. And so that, that the, it, it makes sense that they get up there in the reaction. Yes. You could say, uh, you know, you get up there and you see it and you see a, a bunch of knots on a string and the thing won't open. Yeah. It might, it makes sense that like, I got to get through these knots and, you know, Jody figures that out after a moment and starts working on them. But it also makes sense that if you've just been told there's a key inside of the box and you got to get them out and they did not tell you in any way how that was going to work or that there was going to be a rope attached with knots on it that you had to undo. It totally makes sense why Brad was just like, I can fucking get it. I can just rip these off. That seems easy enough. And then that he's capable of doing that and just does it over and over and over. Totally makes sense. So that, that was the first thing and just kind of a, acknowledgement that you know production wasn't batting a thousand here on the season to begin with pre-final you can also add in the different handlings of Kendall versus Casey's situations of the season where when Kendall medically DQ'd and uh you know her partner not immediately sent home they get to fight for the right it was Latarian and Tyler then you know they just do a guys only elimination and the winner gets to stay loser goes home and the winner just is with Jasmine but then Casey is out and Kahuta just has to go home versus, you know, trying to move him into an elimination and do guys only or something of that nature. But so they're not bad in a thousand. Then, then the, the real, the real stuff that comes out, that one was what it was a, a, a mistake that, you know, is whatever. But then, then the stuff about the finals first, uh, an entertainment weekly interview with John a and MJ come out, comes out. And they share a few things. And the first thing that they share is what we alluded to on our recap of the final, and that is that they did not finish the third puzzle in the little, the nucleus setup. You know, they had the three puzzles that they went to the, they went to the little nucleus area. They went down each of the three paths, had to do the puzzles. And that in it, we like pretty clearly saw that Nehemiah and Melinda and John A, or in, uh, and Janelle and Durrell finished theirs. And, all three of theirs, get all three of their pieces, and then there's the suspenseful moment where, like, Ayana wants to quit, John A says she wants to quit, but then Ayana does quit, and they 
go get MJ and John A and bring them back and just say, you're in third place, we're moving on. And that was pretty obvious in in the actual edit of the show, what we actually saw, and we even talked about that, that like that's kind of, is that bullshit or not, that they didn't have to finish, um, or how was it explained to the people? Well, we now know that it wasn't explained to anyone in the moment, and that they were maybe a third done with their puzzle, and they weren't moving very fast on it. So yes, they could have absolutely finished it, but they were told we're not going to because we need to, we don't have that much daylight left, so we're just moving on. You're in third. So that's one thing. They did not they didn't have to finish that puzzle. And if they would have, you know, maybe it's an they're an hour after <laughs> the other two teams in finishing. Um, but more on whether that would have mattered or not in a minute. The other thing then MJ and John A say, and is is the, the craziest part of all of this, is that they do the eating, and then what we see on television is they eat, and when they're done eating, they have to run down the runway. There's boards with math problems. They have to solve the math problems to get their three-number lock combo, run back down the runway to a safe, put in that combination, open it, take the money out, and take it to a plane, and then they win. And what we saw on the show was um, we saw them all go to the math boards, them all come back to the safe, and we saw MJ and John A get to the safe first, but then everyone end up there, everyone have trouble opening their safe, and then MJ and John A figuring it out and pointing to the board and saying, oh, we like missed part of it, it's right here, opening their safe, taking the money, and seemingly winning. That's And that's, how, that's what we saw, that's what we witnessed. What we were then find out from MJ and John A in this interview is that, how it actually happened is they went to the math boards. They got their numbers. They came back to their safe. They said in this interview that they were 10 minutes ahead of the next team, which is then disputed later, which we'll talk about momentarily. But they say they get to their safe and the safe doesn't work. They try it over and over and over and they follow all the directions. They can't put their numbers in and Production comes to them and said, ask them, what were your numbers? They tell them, production says, those are right. It's not open. Just go ahead and run to the plane. And so MJ and John A take off and run to the plane. And at this point, the other two teams have gotten to their safe. And the and, and now they're trying to open theirs and it's not working. MJ and John A are just running to the plane. And they're halfway to, to the plane when a truck comes for, with production and tells them you have to go back, get in the truck, and while on their truck ride back, production tells them there's a fourth step to opening the lockbox, and they get back, and no one else has been able to open their box either. MJ and John A then use those numbers and use whatever this secret fourth step is to open their box, get the money out, and go down and and win. And so again, just quick recap of that. They, they come back, they're told your numbers, right? The, the safe's broken. You can just go. They're then picked up in the truck and brought back and told a fourth step to open the thing. And then they go and they, they win. And so this is all crazy to begin with, but then comes Janelle goes on the challenge maniacs podcast and to discuss the whole thing. And it's it, you really should listen to it if you want if you want the full version of the 
you know, the cliff notes I'm about to give kind of here. Um, but then her, her th- version of things was one, she, you know, helped fill in that. Yes, they didn't, the MJ and John, a didn't have to finish the third puzzle in that they likely would have been an hour at least behind. Um, she shares that the math problems on the boards, the three boards at the end of the runway, the math problems were not equal at all, which then she, you know, says to go back and look at the screenshots, which I did and can confirm that, uh, the math problems that Janelle and Darrell were working on were just un like of multiple factors, more difficult than the other two. Uh, whereas, uh, MJ and Jen A's, and to some, to some respect, Melinda and Nehemiah's were just a lot simpler, a lot easier to be able to do mentally without having any paper, which they didn't have any paper, or anything to write on and able to get done, you know, in maybe 30 seconds of board or whatever. Whereas the one Janelle and Darrell were working on, like I need, I needed to write it down. I, I couldn't necessarily, if I would have had to do it in my head, it would have taken a very long time. Um, you can go back yourself if you have access to watch on Paramount Plus. I guess you have access if you watch the show you were watching on Paramount Plus. You still have Paramount Plus. Go back, freeze frame. You can do them for yourself. There's some people that have shared the screenshots on Twitter and Instagram, so you can find some of those too. But math problems super duper unequal. Then we find out from her that the on the eating portion, um, well, let's back up. I'll do this in order. We she find out first. Another completely unknown thing is that before they do the overnight and then before there is the run to the nucleus and do the three puzzles, there is actually another puzzle before that that they have to run to and do before they can start the rest of them. Totally not shown on television in the edit that we saw, which is why what we saw was Ayana and Tech getting to the nucleus first um, when with respect to them probably should have been a little bit obvious to like on a, on a run, a mile plus long run or whatever, they weren't going to get first of those four teams necessarily. And again, not, not trying to talk shit or whatever. I think that's just was kind of clear. Um, but they get there first and that's why Nehemiah and Melinda actually go off course. And that, uh, Janelle and Darrell actually also went way off course at one point because the, the arrows and the directions were just not clear. So there was an initial puzzle that wasn't even shown. Um, and that led to a lot of the people getting lost on the trails before they ever even got to that nucleus and what we were seeing. Um, then they had on their bike ride, there was a 15th puzzle piece for Janelle and Darrell, maybe all of them, but she, that part was the only part that wasn't hundred percent clear when she was explaining that for them, at least there was a 15th puzzle piece and it was literally miles further away than the other pieces and was just took forever on the bikes. And then when they got all done with that, they thought, you know, we would have, we finished 30, 40 minutes ahead of MJ and John A and they didn't even finish that third puzzle. And now they go to the food one, the food and kind of phase two, as they call it on the, in the actual edit that we see. And it is a Nehemiah and Melinda start 30 seconds later, Darrell and Janelle start and 30 seconds later, MJ and John A start. So one minute head start for being in first by what would have probably been well over an hour, if not more. Um, and then 30 seconds for second place and then starting third. So basically that whole first part only did matter to get into the second part, which as we covered last week is fine. 
if that's known in advance, but it sounds like it was not known at all. Nothing was known about when, how many stages this is going to be, what's coming next. It was just get this particular thing done at this moment, and then we'll move forward. So they had no idea that all of that work they just did was for literally a one-minute lead on this final sprint. Um, so that's that. And then she explains the entire one uh, that they were not 10 minutes behind, uh, that in the food they got done first, they got to the math problems first and found that's when they realized after starting them, their math was way harder than the others and no, none of that was explained to them ahead of time. Um, and then that they uh, that they they go to their uh, box and that not they're not 10 minutes behind MJ and John A. She claims they were about 50 yards, like they were in sight. They left relatively soon after them. And that when they get to their box, their safety box, they and Melinda and Nehemiah get there right after them. They have the same problem of it will not open. They're reading the directions. They're doing everything right. And that when MJ and John A. leave the first time without their box open, everyone is confused and that at some point, a production comes up to Darrell and Janelle and asks, what are your three numbers? They respond, and then production doesn't respond to them and just walks away. And Janelle has went back and you know, took in the screenshots and 100% confirmed she had the right numbers. They had everything right, as did Nehemiah and Melinda. And whatever this fourth step was that then MJ and John A are told in the truck ride back to actually open the safe was never shared with with either of the other two teams. So that's what we have. We have that uh, <laughs> we have a puzzle that wasn't shown on on the edit at all. We have one team not having to finish the the whole you know phase one as they called it, but kind of the second phase because the overnight was the first phase really. Um, so not having to finish that, having those leads not matter at all when it comes to the final thing, and then. The math problems being uh, wildly different scales of difficulty and all of the lockboxes being broken and the one team that got there first eventually being the one that was told, this is how you open it, but we're not going to tell the other teams and being told to literally leave. You've already won. Actually, no, let's bring you back and have you open it and then go. And the whole thing was just a goddamn mess. And it was all because they didn't have enough light. They couldn't do this stuff at night and they needed to finish before night was over. And so that's all the info that came out. Now for, sorry that took forever to recap. Um, again, easy to find the two Entertainment Weekly interviews we just talked about. And Janelle was on Challenge Maniacs with uh, Scott and Derek. You can listen to the whole entire thing, her discussion of it. Uh, it's honestly kind of heartbreaking um, to listen to parts of it. And we should say yet again, none of this is the player's fault. None of this is the cast's fault. MJ and John A won. They deserve to win. They won the money. That's amazing and great for them. None of this is about that. Um, it is to say though, that a, a, a potentially proper, that this was a, an improper final <laughs> in a proper version, maybe has Darrell and Janelle winning, maybe has Melinda and Nehemiah winning, maybe has MJ and John A winning, but we don't know because it wasn't, it was just screwed up so badly. And I just don't understand how production can be this bad and this negligent when we're talking about a show that is on, I mean, that's done 37 seasons plus the second season now of All-Stars plus three other Champs for Stars spinoffs and just, I mean, that's, you know, 43rd season, 42nd or third time that they've been doing something of this nature. 
how the fuck can you have this this just shoddy of a final and have this many this many hiccups along the way um like i just don't understand how it's not you know it clearly wasn't practiced all the way through it clearly wasn't thought out all the way through it wasn't 100% planned all of the way through and I guess, you know, I don't know. I know there's a very, it's very famous that Survivor has a, a section of their production team that are the ones that try everything, that do all the games in advance and practice, like do them multiple times and make sure everything, you know, just like dial everything in and just kind of always assume the challenge has the same thing. And who knows though on, you know, a final, yes, it's it, difficult. This thing took literally 24 hours for the actual cast to do. That's a long time and a lot of effort to ask you know, some members of production or someone else to like, can you do this for us and run through it three times and see how long everything's going to take and kind of tighten the screws on this. But like, guess what? You got to do that. Like I personally will a hundred percent, I will fucking come for free and try out all of these games and do all these finals multiple times for free. Literally just like Buna Murray, MTV, Paramount, whoever it is, Pay for the plane ticket in a shitty hotel room. That's all I need. I will come hang out for two months while you do All-Stars, and I will try every daily challenge as many times as you want me to do, and I will run your final multiple times over until I'm dead because it would be so much freaking fun, and I promise you I am not alone. Um, So whether it's members of the production team doing it themselves or whether they bring people in to do it, it wouldn't cost that much to find a way to have this thing really, really ironed out. And again, they're in, they've done 37 seasons of the main show. And this is the second season of All-Stars. I know they're trying to work on a really tight schedule with All-Stars. That's one of the reasons they're able to do it. But the fact that they had to go elimination uh, on an evening and then just say the final starts right now and we have to finish it by day, you know, by sunset tomorrow night at 6 p.m., is just with no alternative and not having it all ironclad. We know how long this stuff's going to probably take. It's all fair and equal, and we're going to show it all to you. And it's okay if it's not a photo finish at the end. Like it's just, it's just crazy. Um, it's and you know it's going to be. It's not an asterisk on the season, uh, as we actually said last week when we recapped the final. Just the whole not finishing the third puzzle wasn't. It's not like some asterisk. I'm not an asterisk person. MJ and John A win. They won. They deserve the money. They should have the money. It's great. I'm still very happy for them. And I'm not again. None of this is about them. It's about production itself. Um, but it's a big footnote on the season for sure, and it's embarrassing for sure, and it kind of mars like this spinoff series that has had all the momentum for the franchise. It's we've, you know, we're on our third straight season of the flagship show, as we've documented over and over and over on this podcast of a lot of the fan base being turned off slowly, but surely and needing some changes made to the flagship. But then all stars was here and everyone was freaking in love with it. And it's the best. It's the best. And now we go through this whole season and we start to see some twists that maybe are something we don't want to see because it's looking a little more like the flagship and we want it to be the other way around. We're starting to see production, you know, not handle one person having to leave the show the same way they handle another person having to leave the show. And that's been frustrating on the flagship show when that's happened. And now we completely complete debacle of a final challenge leaves us wondering like, why don't we get to see the whole thing? Like it reminds me very much of total madness when after the total madness final, we, it comes out that 
we only maybe saw like a third of what they actually did on the Total Madness finale and how just unbelievably awful the whole thing was and what a mess it was and impossible it was. And if you're not aware of all the shit we didn't get shown about that final, I don't know, I don't remember now exactly where to go find it all, but I know Jenny, I know Rogan, I know Bananas has talked about it kind of at length of all the different things they had to do that we never saw and what a mess that was. And and again, that was season 35 of the show. Like, how does that happen? And so, I I don't know. I'm, I'm very upset in knowing that this is how this, this season of the show has happened. I'm very worried that there's been cast members in the past who have talked about things they weren't supposed to talk about off of the show and then never got to come back to the show. And I applaud... Um, you know, MJ and John A and Janelle and everyone else for explaining their true experience with the show. Um, when with the final, so that we we actually know. And the final thing I'll just say is like, they have to be able to tighten this stuff up, and they have to be able to. Uh, we commented last week on the whole idea of you know wanting the finals to be suspenseful and close, and so like yes, it's sectioned off, and you just have to get to the next section, and then it, everyone's tied again. And is that fair or not? And how does that work for the show? But it, it show us all of it. Whatever you're going to film, whatever you're going to make these people do, show us all of it. Don't cancel stuff out. That, that just seems dumb. Um, and then, yeah, uh, whatever it is, it just it needs to be explained up front. They need to know from the start what we're about to do and how how it matters, what it matters. If the boards are of, of math problems are going to be way, way, way unequal, there should be a hint that that's the case so that they can know if I get here first, I should try to pick the easy ones, not just pick one. If they, if it's not going to matter what time you finish a 10 hour long, brutal running, biking puzzle filled, you know, phase of a final, if it's just, you get top three, you move on and all the times are equal. People approach that differently than if they think the time matters and they push themselves differently and so they should have that clear. Like it just needs to be clear. And the whole thing, same as the format as we've been talking about of the flagship seasons and all in general, simplify all of this, simplify everything. What we come to the show for is the personalities and the people and the storylines and the game is a part of that. Uh, but even someone like me that loves the sport of this show as much as anyone else out there knows that the simpler, the better, the more clean cut, the better. So just, it's got to be fixed. It can't. It can't happen again. And the one of the even worse parts of this is that they've already filmed the next one, All Stars Three, so fast that none of this controversy can even come up and be in compelling television for for All Stars Three. Like this isn't going to be discussed in that house probably almost at all, um, if at all. You know the the out. You know the kind of fallout of all of this coming to light and everyone talking about it on different podcasts and interviews and stuff like isn't going to be some of these people will be on all stars three and it won't be a story because they've literally already filmed that before they even got to see the final product of all stars two and talk about it and share anything. So it's just all a mess. Um, so that's that we've talked way too long about this, but production, it's just gotta be better. They can't, they can't have shit like this. It just, it really, really stinks. Um, and it makes me happy that, uh, without, any other casting spoilers other than one single person. Mark Long will be on All-Stars 3, and as the executive producer of the show, um, I I really like, I wish he would have been there on All-Stars 2 in this final, because I know he wouldn't have stood for it. He's not like a hands-on, like, in there every day 
you know, that type of producer, you know, production producers, a big, big blanket that we're talking about everyone here, but I'm confident if he's there in the moment, he, he's not going to stand for this shit on a show that he's put his name and reputation behind. So I'm glad he's going to be there for, for season three. And hopefully, even though they've already filmed it, um, it'll go better and they will take and learn something from what I'm guessing is going to be a bigger and bigger outcry. I'm, I'm certain I am not alone in thinking that this is all a bunch of bullshit and how poorly handled it was, um, that they will make some adjustments moving forward. What we won't be able to necessarily see those in all stars three, but maybe they will have been made anyways, without having to have the product revealed. Maybe they will have known in the moment. This didn't go perfectly. This did not go smoothly. We need to do this better in the future. So here's the hoping that they do. With that out of the way, let's now go ahead and move into our actual wrap-up of the whole season, uh, turn things a little bit back towards the positive, and uh, we're going to start with going to rate the season, we're going to hand out some awards, we're going to give our grades, and we're going to do it all, and it's probably going to take a while, so thanks for being here, let's keep going. Let's rate the season as a whole, and uh, for those that did not listen to our Spies, Lies, and Allies season wrap-up, I will give the same... uh, precursor here that I did there that I am very much that hard-ass teacher that uh, that takes grades very, very seriously, probably too seriously. You definitely had one of these teachers back in the day. So my grading scale is very tough. Um, it is not meant to give out many A's. It's really meant to give, you know, class average is a C. I'm one of those teachers that my goal is class average is a C. I want some people to fail. Some people deserve to fail. Some people deserve to get absolute, you know, A's that are way, way, way harder to achieve than anyone else. So my scale when grading these seasons is as follows. An F, the F range, you failed the show, literally. You set it back, you put it in danger. F is literal failure. A D, that's a bad season. We're going to move on to the next season, but damn it, it better be better. D is a bad season. C is passable. We kept it moving. Probably some strong spots, some big mistakes, you know, but it's passable. You passed, you're on to the next one, and no one's really going to remember it either way. B, I liked it. More good than bad. Mistakes were understandable, and you aced a section or two. You got some things really, really right. And then an A is really great. No big misses. Consistently good with plenty of great moments throughout. That's an A. All right, so F, you failed. D, bad season. C, passable. B, liked it. A, really great. This season, it's great. I'm going to give it a B-, and honestly, uh, if you would have asked me a week ago, I probably would have said a, a B plus or an A minus. It was closer to that range. Um, but everything we just talked about with all the freaking mistakes made by production on the final itself really brings the score down for me because it, it just adds that footnote. It taints it a little bit. It just it adds that little sour taste at the end that I didn't want um, to an otherwise really awesome season. Uh, so I, I would equate this, you know, if, if you had those tests you might have taken back in the day where, you know, you got 95% or higher on like three of the four sections, but then that that one big problem at the end was worth like 20% of the total grade and you just totally shat the bed on it and basically got it entirely wrong. Um, that's basically what this season was. It, it was tracking as an A, uh, somewhere in the A range all season long. And at the very end, it just fails in epic fashion. And that leads to, uh, you know, a B, a B minus when it really, really had a shot to be B plus a minus range. Um, but it really fell off there at the end for me. And it might just be recency bias. Maybe this deserves a B or B plus still, but, 
Um, just a little salty about that. So B minus overall, but still, as as we said, hardcore grading system. B and B range still. I liked it more good than bad. And uh, you know, they definitely aced some parts of this season in general. Pros of the season, things that were good, things that were really really great looking back. Uh found the cast very enjoyable and a really, really good mix of uh with respect, quote unquote true all-stars and the kind of lesser knowns uh that are a little bit more of a surprise that they're brought back for an all-star season, but that that star potential was still there with those people. So I thought the the mixture was really good and that they they kind of same as uh season one. Those that they brought back for season two that were a little more of like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that person, but I wasn't wasn't top of mind of who I would have thought was coming back. Those some a lot of those people worked out really well again this season. So found the cast overall very enjoyable. And then just a lot of the cast members really, really, really just dominated. They're like, we're gonna talk at the very, very end here. We're gonna grade every single person and then give it out a season MVP. But the techs, Ayana's, Nehemiah's, uh, John A's. MJ, Jasmine, Tyler, Tina. I mean, they some some people really brought it this season in a big, big way and were fantastic. So the cast in general, huge pro. Uh, the dailies were overall, I thought, very, very solid, and they were really finding their footing with what those should be, how those should look, the difficulty level. Um, same with the eliminations. Thought they were pretty solid across the board. The location was fantastic. The house was a really good setup for some fun interactions and good segments at the house. I thought the whole, as a whole thing, the 10 episodes of 30 to 40 minutes was the exact perfect right amount. I hope they never try to extend this beyond 10 episodes. And, you know, even if they cut it down to eight and they were all like for sure 40 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, even I'd be down for that. I just, I thought it was the right amount. And I loved, as we talked about early in the season, loved, loved, loved that the first two episodes they spent a lot more time in the house and reacclimating us with all these new people, or not new people, but people we haven't seen in a long time, versus rushing right into the daily and elimination format that then episode three through eight had. I would be a big fan of in the future, like, you know, make these, if they're going to be partners or whatever in the future in double eliminations or two people going home per episode, if I could make the first four episodes, like daily episode one, elimination episode two, daily episode three, elimination episode four, give us tons of time with them just at the house, catching up, where are they now type of stuff. It all worked really well at the beginning, the first couple episodes of this season. Thought that was great. Thought the results, if you remove the controversy we just talked about, as we said last week, satisfying results. Love seeing John A and MJ win. Love seeing Melinda make a final. Love seeing Nehemiah in the final. Darrell, Janelle. Love seeing all these people and just thought uh, they were all, you know, deserved and um, uh, just satisfying results with how how the the string of eliminations went, uh, who had the power, whatnot. I thought we got, you know, a lot of good stuff down to, you know, having like Casey have her moment, having a big win, getting some power, getting to have fun with it, all those little moments all the way through. Everything was really, really satisfying from the results. Um, and again, with that footnote of uh, the the final being a little bit tainted one way or the other, however you break down, it just it just is what it is. Um, and then the final pro listing here is uh, is is an odd one to say, um, but there was a lot of real life shit in this uh, in this season. A lot of people dealing with like real world, real life, real adult, you know, family stuff, career stuff. Uh, pregnancies, like, you know, some good, some of it heartbreaking, obviously, 
Um, we dealt with multiple cast members like going through really, really horrible, tragic, heartbreaking situations, which we're, you know, we don't want that to happen. Obviously we'd, we'd love everyone to have the best possible life at all times, always. Um, but the emotions were really back, um, in this show in a way that we don't see necessarily on the flagship show all that much. And I thought we're a big, a big reason why people were so excited for all stars when it was first announced the first season and definitely worked in the first season. And then on this one, you know, again, we're not, no one is rooting for, you know, tragedy or heartbreak or anything. Um, and, but the, that real life stuff mixing in, whether it's a pregnancy or uh, something's going on with my family or my job or like this happened and I'm still dealing with it and it's not something that would happen to me when I'm 22 and on a season of the challenge, but it is when I'm a 40 year old that has a family and this job going on and this and that or whatever and how seeing the people actually relate to each other and comfort each other and talk about things and all that. It just, it had feelings of like old original real world seasons and you know some of that uh stuff where that we're kind of nostalgic for of seeing real life on screen uh mixed with you know there's this game going on where they can win all this money and whatever um but there's also just people's lives happening and getting to see the raw vulnerable unfiltered version of those lives uh for people that we care about and that we've had known about and you know cared about for decades <laughs> with some of them uh was really really cool and interesting and made for a better you know for really good television um so that i thought that that was interesting that they that that is working that that was kind of one of the selling points of the show is you know these people have you know, are really, really adults with families and careers and all this stuff. And there's like more going on in their lives necessarily than when they were on the show before. And we're getting to see the kind of raw version of that. And that is definitely interesting television. As for cons of the show, things that kind of weighed that grade down a little bit. Uh, all the BS we talked about already. We're not going to talk about it again. Um, second one, show us more of the parties. We said this a couple different times through in episode recaps, but there's a, you know, we saw the early on, there was a couple different parties that they showed us a bunch of, and it was amazing. And we got Tundra and we got, uh, a neat and we got pranks and we got costumes and we got dancing and we got people doing shots and toasts and all this stuff. And it was great. And then there was one or two times midway and later in the season where it was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You just gave us like a 10 second montage to get us like from one segment to the next, but that montage was clearly of them dressing up and having a nineties theme party or whatever. And like, can I see some of that? I really enjoyed when you showed us the whole prom thing a few episodes ago. Can I see more of that? So, uh, the cast members were delivering. We just didn't get to watch all of it. Um, which I would have, I would have loved more of that. Um, going along with that, not enough Tundra or a neat, uh, Tundra being, uh, Tyler's, um, alter ego or cousin. I forget exactly how he explains, uh, where Tundra comes from a neat being, uh, Derek Cancun, Derek's, uh, alter ego of being Tina or impression of Tina. Both those were hilarious. I don't know if there wasn't, if there was more of them to film, but if there was show us more, give us some deleted scenes. We're here for it. And then the final one, I know Tina played more pranks than just the one that ended up on the screen, and it was great. It was a wonderful moment, and uh, if she, I assume she played more, and I wanted to see more. Um, so, yeah, uh, overall, the season, B-minus. Again, that might be harsh. It might just be recency bias because they just really 
really shit the bed on that final little part. Um, it was trending as an A season all the way through. Um, so maybe when I look back in another month or two, maybe this is a full B, even a B plus. Cause again, pre-final, I was, I was pretty, I was torn on, is this a B plus or an A minus? Does it deserve to be in the A category? Only the best of the best get into the A category. So it was kind of looking like a high B plus, but we're going to, we're going to say B minus. Um, and you know, again, the cast, they get an A overall, the whole cast production, you brought this grade down yourself. So that's the season long grade. Now let's discuss some specific moments from the season. We're going to do that by handing out some hardware as we do every single episode. We hand out episodic MVP, you know, best quote, best moment, best fit, all of that. We're going to hand out some awards for the entire season. So let's go ahead and do that now. Four awards to hand out. We are going to do um, kind of going off the back of what we do episode by episode. We're not going to do a best fit of the season because it's just tech. So I guess we will. Tech, the award was named after you episode every episode long. You want it every single episode unless we just found a way not to give it to you, just to give it to someone else. So tech clearly had the best clothing, the best fits all season long. The most uh, memorable one might have been you know Derek and his one outfit that got Steve and Derek both sent into eliminations at different times. So, you know, that was a pretty memorable one itself. But we're not doing that. We're doing best daily challenge, best elimination, best moment, and best quote. And then we will do a season MVP, but we are going to do that one after we do all the player grades so that we don't step on the toes of those grades at all. So let's start with the best daily challenge of the season. Four nominees we saw Eight daily challenges uh, through the whole season, I believe. Yeah, start episode two through nine. We saw one every single episode, so eight total. The four nominees, episode four, Bright Skies, a.k.a. the trivia one. Obviously, trivia is one of the best, if not the best, every se- single season. That was a wonderful challenge, and it was also an amazing version of trivia because it had a lot of challenge-related trivia, and obviously, this historian over here really likes when they add the challenge-related trivia into the trivia contest, so... That one was wonderful. Episode five, bounce back. That was the one with the, they had to bounce up the trampolines all the way to the top, jump off, hit their numbers into the water, and then use those numbers, swim back to shore and do a math problem. Thought that one was great. Was, you know, there was a little bit of silliness to it. There was still some degree of athleticism required, some courage required to be willing to do the leap of faith off the end. There was horrible falls into the water, which we're all horrible and twisted is just as much as TJ is and love laughing at some of those horrible falls when they thankfully don't lead to injuries. Although some of these ones did. Um, and then they got the nice little math problem to confuse everyone at the end. And as we said, during that when the sun was setting during it, it was beautiful. I don't think they were planning on it being at sunset, but it took a lot longer than expected. So bounce back is at nominee number two, nominee number three, Episode eight, Dive and Conquer. The Cenote. The Cenote is was a part of, I think, five different <laughs> daily challenges this season. Uh, it was definitely one of the stars of the season for sure. Um, made me want to find the same place they stayed in and go rent it out if, if the Cenote comes with it to go chill in. Um, but Dive and Conquer was where they had to, it's kind of the mini final, if you will, of any of the dailies they did where they had to run a half mile jump the the 20 feet or so down into the snote, look at the puzzle inside, climb out, run back, put the puzzle together, the skull puzzles uh, with all the different skulls with all the different colors that uh, Brad and Jody famously weren't paying attention to half of the color of 
each of the skulls. Um, but that one I just thought was a great mix of the physical, the mental um, strategy coming into play and had the cenote. One of these had to have the cenote in it that was going to be nominated. So that's nominee number three. Nominee number four is then episode nine, Make the Connection, the final uh, daily challenge they did. The boxes, now famously, infamously, maybe with Brad ripping off the boxes, but it looked really sweet. Uh, it was another one where... It was, you know, poise and being calm and focused mattered way more than actually being smart or super athletic. Um, and, you know, the visual was cool. The structure of it was cool. All of that was good. So four, five, eight, nine, bright, bright skies, bounce back, dive and conquer, make the connection. Those were the four nominees for the best daily challenge of the season. But I've got to give it to mainly, you know, just because I don't want to give it to trivia every single season, although it definitely could be. Um I think the best one of the whole season was bounce back the trampolines up to the numbers into the lake, do the math problems. Uh, it was visually cool. Everything we said about before it was a little silly. It was a little fun. I definitely would want to do it. Uh, it involved falling into the water in a way um, that you could control if you wanted to try to control it. So you didn't have to get messed up if you didn't want to had the math, everything about it. Love that. I think that was the best daily challenge of the season. So that's award winner. Number one, second award, the best elimination of the season, three nominees here. Episode three, Fireball, which was when they played tic-tac-toe with literal flaming balls. And Kahata faced Ryan. Jody faced Sophie. Sophia, excuse me, sorry, Sophia. And thought this one was just hilarious and fantastic. Um, the actual execution of it, it didn't end up being, you know, we talked about it then. You would think a game of tic-tac-toe, the running not being that far. This felt like when they set it up, they were expecting this to take a lot of rounds and be kind of more of an endurance test because you'd think they would tie over and over and over. A couple different slip-ups by Ryan and Sophia lead to pretty quick wins by Kahuta and Jody, but having to make them all put on the fire suits and hold the flaming balls and play tic-tac-toe, it looked really cool. It seemed really fun. Again, it was kind of that had some of that silliness to it that we're looking for, that old school uh, mentality of a rid like OG challenges for these all stars eliminations and daily. So love that second nominee episode six, the pole wrestle between Latarian and Tyler, obviously, um, you know, we said when it happened, then they're clearly pole. They're clearly okay with pole wrestle happening on all stars. Um, they're I'm guessing never going to bring football pads into this. Um, if they do, That'll be an interesting, an interesting thing to talk about and watch. Um, but this was an unbelievable pole wrestle matchup between Latarian and Tyler. Uh, it was an absolute bloodbath, uh, super highly contested, brutal to watch, exhilarating to watch. That's obviously nominated. And then the third and final nominee for the elimination of the year, Smash House, the final elimination between Janelle Durrell, first Brad and Jody, smashing up the room, passing over the little chunks of it into the next room, smashing up some more, passing it out into your bucket. Uh, looked super fun. Like I would definitely want to do that one with some friends. Uh, very grueling physically, but also way bigger mental element than it, you know, original at first glance it would seem. And, you know, visually it was fun to watch, watch them swing those sledgehammers everywhere and, you know, turned into a very exhilarating, suspenseful. We have no idea who won this, um, tight race in the end. So those three eliminations were nominated for the best of the season. But we've got to give it, uh, you know, we maybe let, we tried to go against our bias on the, the daily challenge of the year by not picking trivia. Um, but we're not, we're, we're going to lean right into the bias on the elimination. The pole wrestle between Latarian and Tyler was the best elimination of the season. No question about it. Um, 
Smash House was a close second. Um, was very entertaining, very suspenseful. But that pole wrestle was was something wild. Um, and I'm, you know, I hope I hope both men have fully recovered from the beatdown they put on each other. And uh, that that's the elimination of the year. So congrats to Latarian and Tyler uh, for that. Then next award, best moment, best moment of the season. This is easily the hardest award to figure out because. There's so many different types of moments, you know, even episode to episode, but sometimes I have a hard time picking three or four moments from the episode because, you know, some you know, someone winning a daily or an elimination is a big moment, obviously. But some of the smallest possible stuff is also the hilarious fun things that we're coming to the show for that might be a big moment. So there's a wide range here, but we have, I think, how many did I cut it down to? I tried my best to get this as small of a list as possible. We ended up with seven nominees for the best moment. So here they are, all seven nominees for best moment. First one, episode one, TJ absolutely ripping in to all of the competitors right after the first daily challenge, telling them to step it up, that they all suck, that they all need to do better, that they're supposed to be all-stars. That whole monologue and rant was just amazing and loved it. And then they all did. It actually, it worked too, because uh, they all did really, really step it up from there on out uh, and give way, way better performances all from top to bottom all the way through. So that's moment number one. Second nominee is the introduction of Tundra. Episode two, uh, Tyler's cousin, Tundra, makes her entrance into, uh, I believe that was the prom party that, that, that occurred in, but that whole thing, his quote to go with it, just the whole montage of Tundra, doing their thing at, at the prom party. And really I could have just say the prom in general, but we're isolating a specific part of that whole thing. But really the whole prom party was an amazing moment as a whole. But Tyler is Tundra nominee number two for the moment of the year. Third nominee, Tina's prank swimsuit, uh, via Ryan, who was at the end of that prank, putting on the dissolvable swimsuit again, production. I know Tina didn't just bring one prank didn't just try to pull one prank. I want to see what, even if they failed, I want to see the other ones. So give us some bonus footage, will you? Um, but uh, Tina pranking Ryan with the dissolvable swimsuit. Moment number three, or nominee number three for moment of the season. Nominee number four, Melinda offering Tina some green tea when she's trying to calm down after getting all worked up and slamming some pots together and they're up in the room and Melinda offers to make her some green tea and it's just freaking hilarious. Uh, so that whole interaction um, and that offering of the tea is nominee number four. Nominee number five, very heartwarming one. We talked earlier about, you know, this season, good and bad, had some real life stuff going down and really showed us the raw, unfiltered, like, lives that these people were leading. And the most heartwarming of all of those had to be Casey finding out that she's pregnant and doing a Zoom call with her husband and telling him that they're pregnant and you know, it, it led to her having to leave the show, which is certainly a bummer and Kahuta too, but man, it was, uh, it was a really cool moment, really heartwarming moment and definitely worth nominating for the moment of the season. Then next, what are we, our sixth, sixth of seven nominee here, Ayana and tech, the entire, uh, make a baby. And then the make a baby dance before the daily challenge, the final daily challenge in episode nine. Uh, <laughs> was just an amazing moment from both of them. Ayana had alluded to similar innuendo throughout the season. Uh, and then finally, two techs face dropped the maybe make a baby uh, to him. And then on the queue, tech comes up with 
the make a baby dance. That whole moment was unbelievable from two people who shined bright all season long. Final nominee then, Darrell reading the letters from home right before the final elimination. Uh, Another one of those very heartwarming moments and with someone that we've spent so many years and so many challenges with um, and uh, hadn't got to, as we said then, hadn't totally always got to see as much behind the scenes, the real life from him as we had from others who we've had on our screens as much and for as long as him. So getting to see that moment was really, really wonderful. So those are your seven nominees, but only one can win. And man, it is really, 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 really hard to just pick one. Uh, Part of me wants to give it to Ayana and Tech for the Make a Baby Dance, mostly because a lot of the other potential nominees had to do with things Ayana and or Tech were involved in, the Greek salad moment or the, the, uh, the uniform moment from Ayana could have easily been nominated. Tech had so many quotes throughout the season, so many moments throughout the season, you know, one of the leaders of the Save the Palace, everything that we haven't even somehow mentioned any of this. But I think I have to give it to the moment that made me laugh out loud the most of the entire season was Melinda offering Tina some green tea and just the whole saga of Tina eventually, you know, quitting um, and just everything that happened in that like 20 minutes of her deciding I can't take it anymore. I'm going to bang some pots together. I'm going to make some announcement. Melinda's going to offer me some tea and we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't drink tea. She's going to quit all of that. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to give that the best, the best moment of, of the year. The one that I will remember the most for the longest or the most top of mind probably coming out of it. But I know I bet everyone listening has five moments that I didn't even list here that they're thinking of. Um, it's a very, very subjective uh, award here for that. The other very subjective award that we have to fin- hand out, the final award we got to hand out is for best quote. All of these are ones that have been nominated throughout the season that you've heard in episode recaps, but we've got six of them that made the cut for the quote of the season. We're going to start with Tina uh, explaining episode one, the first, or one of the first, I think maybe the first uh, confessional of the season. If I'm my bad memory is serves me correctly. Uh, the season pretty much opens with them all in the boat. And I think Tina goes first and explaining what she's been up to. And she explains her fabulous life and the zero need to be here on this show. Financial need at least. So let's hear that from Tina. Don't call it a comeback. I'm known in the challenge world for getting angry, being mean, and my one liners. Oh, you got a lot of nerve. This isn't my first challenge. Beth, Tina, my life is fabulous. I have a husband, no kids. I don't work. I have a pool in the backyard. Life is really good. Getting ready for y'all, motherfuckers. Take some bitches out. I just want to see if I still got it. I just want to see if Tina's still there. Nominee number two then is Jasmine. Speaking of Tina before, Jasmine in episode two uh, Tina has a little bit of some moments of her own, but then Jasmine realizes, was that what I used to be like? And uh, that that quote about that very topic, whether Jasmine was like Tina back in the day, is nominee number two. So let's hear that from Jasmine. Yes, this one. Tina, she's loud. She's in your face. Here you go. This one. Try this one right there. No, no, no. Did I used to be like her back in the day? No, no, off, off. Because, Jesus Christ, I should have smacked the shit out of myself. I would never want to be my friend if I was like that. Oh, God. 
third nominee also comes from episode two, that tic-tac-toe elimination at we talked about. Kahuta was a part of it. He won. But beforehand, he gave a very, very only Kahuta could use and do and deliver. And the delivery of it's the key thing. What he says is funny, but the delivery of it, the straight face, uh, Kahuta would be, he, he has a, he has a great deadpan, a great straight guy type of comedy um, coming. There's not straight person, like straight guy, comedic wise. Let's just hear him talk about Moscow 92, shall we? I haven't played tic-tac-toe probably since the world championships in Moscow 92. So it's been a while. Then nominee number four, TJ, makes an appearance here because during trivia in episode four, TJ's wit always on display during the trivia, his little comebacks here and there at the different cast members as they get questions right or wrong. And the Britney Spears lyric reference was just spot on from TJ. So let's hear that one from him. Uh-oh, Jasmine, I don't like that face. Oh, God. Oops, I did it again. Oh, I said that already. Oops, she said the same answer again. Then we've got nominee number five is Tech. Of course, Tech had to be on this. He was nominated almost every single week, it seemed, for uh, for Quote of the Week. Um, every episode by every episode, his confessionals were just A-plus straight through episodes one through ten. But episode five, he really laid it on the line um, and gave one of his better quotes, again, of many that we could have picked from him. But here is him explaining the level the game had gotten to and his his uh, nominee for quote of the season. We're doing an individual challenge, and I have nobody to blame if I don't win except myself. So let's go, Tech. It's time to show up and show out. But shut the fuck up. Then our final nominee in a similar vein of is the show up, show out, shut the fuck up that Tech just delivered. We've got Latarian, who after pole wrestle, He's amped up. He's hyped up in his post-game little interview on the sidelines. He lets us know that win or lose, every single person is going to get the same damn thing from him. Let's hear Latarian explain what that is. Anybody in any challenge, in any elimination, for now and forevermore, if you come for me, you're going to get me. That's it. Point blank, period. I'm not bragging. I'm not boasting. But you're not going to come for me and me not give it to you. Win or lose, I'm giving you a fucking business. Is that a goat? And without further ado, six nominees, Tina, Jasmine, Kahuta, TJ, Tech, Letarian, so many more amazing again. Uh, special shout out to Tech, to Ayana, to Tina, to Jasmine, to Tyler, to Kahuta, uh, to MJ, John A, uh, and Nehemiah, uh, a lot of people delivered a lot of, lot of gold in the confessional booth this season. But we've got to give this one to a non-confessional, a sideline interview, if you will. Kahuta, Moscow 92 line, again, it's all it, the delivery of it and the the ability to come up with that in the moment and uh, just everything about it, mostly because I wish we could have got more Kahuta this year. Um, but he gets the quote of the year. So Kahuta, quote of the year. Melinda offering Tina some green tea. The moment of the year, the pole wrestle between Letarian and Tyler, elimination of the year, and the trampoline bounce back, as it was called, uh, daily challenge. was the daily best daily challenge of the season. Those are your awards. Then we've only got one thing left to do. It's a long one, but it's something we've got to do. We've got to grade everyone's performances. So 
Let's go ahead and move into that now and hand out some grades, not for the season, not for an elimination in daily, but for every single one of our competitors on this season of All-Stars 2. Player grades, challenger grades, cast member grades, competitor grades, whatever you want to call these fine, wonderful people who graced our television screens for 10 awesome episodes, we're going to grade them. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do every single one of them, first and foremost. They all they all are getting a grade. Uh, but two things about it. One, they're going to get two grades. They're going to get one grade for their performance on the season. They're going to get a second grade for whether they should be back. When we did the Spies, Lies, and Allies wrap-up podcast, we just did one grade for everyone, and it turned into much more just should they be back or not, which then I felt like I wasn't giving people the deserved recognition for how awesome they were, even if I didn't necessarily want them back. And some people were getting lower scores than they should. Other people were getting higher scores than they should. So instead, this time around, I just thought two grades, one for performance, one for should they be back. So here's how the grading scales work with those for grade number one, their performance. An A is you killed it. A full on, you killed it. A B, really solid. C, you didn't take anything away from the show. A D, it was pretty rough having you around. An F, why were they here in the first place? So A, killed it. B, real solid. C, didn't really take anything away. D, pretty rough. F, why the hell were they here? That's kind of where the grading scale looks like for your performance on the season. And then grading number two, should they be back? An A is an absolutely. A B is they better. A C is they could be. A D is don't do it. An F is get the fuck out of here. So that's how we're grading whether they should be back or not. It's two grades per person. And then the final the final interesting twist on this, uh, this will all lead after we give everyone a, a grade, but two grades, excuse me, we will then reveal our season MVP, which doesn't necessarily match 100% with the grades um, because the MVP has already been chosen. I've already thought that through long and hard, ranked them, and we've got the MVP ready to unveil. But the one thing I didn't do because I thought it'd be more fun to do live on the podcast, which I'm now already regretting as we're about to start doing it is I have not assigned any grades to any of the cast members yet. This is all going to be completely and utterly live off, off the dome here. We're going to go in alphabetical order. And as they come up, I'm going to, I'm going to assign a grade and, uh, you know, I'm probably going to make a bunch of mistakes that I'm going to later, I'm going to literally agonize over this all night long. I'm going to probably wake up in the middle of the night and be like, what the fuck? I gave that person a C. How could I have done that? They deserved an A, a B at least. I'm such an asshole. I'm, that's going to happen. It's literally going to happen. Who it happens with, we don't know because I haven't given the grades yet, but we're going to do it right now. So again, two grades per person. One for their performance. An A's killed it. A B's real solid. A C took nothing away. A D's pretty rough. An F is why the fuck were they here? Grade number two, should they come back to this show? And by this, I mean all-stars. I may point out a person or two, though, that I would maybe like to see on the flagship show even. Um, So should they come back? A, absolutely. B, they better. C, they could. D, don't do it. F, fuck out of here. That's how those grades work. Two for a player all the way to the end when we'll get to a season MVP. Again, all off top of the dome. have not assigned these. We'll do so as we go. So alphabetical order, we start... With Ayana. Ayana certainly was one coming in that, you know, uh, if we're honest, and I think we even honestly said this on the preview, 
we weren't hundred percent sure is one of those that we're like, you know, I wasn't, she wasn't top of mind for people to come back to the show, but guess what? She freaking killed it. She definitely gets an A for her performance this season. I mean, she made it to the final. She had moment after moment. She said hilarious things. Um, she might have pissed off the entire house by the end of the season, but hey, that's good television too for us on the receiving end. Um, so I don't think there's anything but an A to be given. As for should they be back, I'm going to go with a C. Uh, I feel like there's a chance that as great as Ayana's season was, that it might be one of those that it's only going to be great for so long um, and that you know multiple more seasons of it maybe won't work as well as the first one did or the first comeback did. So I'm going to give a C right in the middle. Could could be brought back and could very well give another A performance, but could I could see her coming back and being like, uh, that didn't really work uh, the second time around. So we're going to go right in the middle of the C. So an A for performance, a C for should they be back for Ayana. Number two, next up, Brad. Brad's performance. I'm going to give Brad a B on the performance side of things, mostly because I is me being salty about my own prediction. So it's not even really anything about him, but I thought he was going to make the final and win. And he came up just short, even if maybe he had that one little, you know, production mishap that uh, assisted in his loss on the last daily challenge there. But overall, uh, really solid performance from him. Best move of the season for Brad again was when Derek went home immediately being like Jody, we're teammates through and through. We're working together. Very, very smart stuff. Um, but as again, wanting to be one of those hard ass teachers, part of me just doesn't want to start out AA on the performance side and feel like I'm about to give out 30 A's, even if I should give out 30 A's or however many people there is. So B for performance, should they be back? Also a B, um, I think he better, I, I really want Brad to be back on another season, but he is also one of the ones I would kind of like to see Brad is one of those that I think could hop back into the flagship show and be very entertaining. We talked about that exact subject a few recaps back, I believe on episode nine when he ended up leaving. Um, so a B for performance, a B for should they be back for Brad this season. Then we've got Casey, Casey performance. Uh, you know what? I'm giving it, I'm giving the performance an A. Uh, she, oh, I don't know. She did quit right after she had that big moment. So that makes me, you know what? We're dropping it to a, no, we're keeping it at an A because then she got pregnant and that was a heartwarming moment that we nominated for moment of the year. So keeping it at an A, she had the big moment winning the trivia challenge, overcoming her fear of heights, then still quit the next one. So still got to quit a uh, little, uh, TJ though was pretty nice to her in the moment when that happened, but got to have her moment of power handled it super well, changed the whole game with how they attacked the life shield situation. Then she gets pregnant, leaves uh, performance. A should they be back? I'm going to go with B because again, I think I don't think we got the full arc of the Casey comeback story. It was cut short by the leaving with the pregnancy. So I think there is a little bit more there to work with. So I'm going to give her a B. So a for performance B for should they be back? That is Casey. Now Kahuta performance. I'm going to give him a B. And part of that is, uh, that's on production more than anything. Um, not giving us enough of Kohada, which isn't even a really, isn't anything about them. It's, you know, there's a lot of awesome people that we want to spend all the time with, and there's only so much show that they're putting out to us and they got to, you know, pick their places and their people. And I just didn't get enough of Kahuta. What we got of Kahuta was worthy of an A, but we just didn't quite get enough of it. So I'm going to give the performance a B. Should they be back? A, 
absolutely, I need Kahada back on this show, please, and thank you. Darrell. Darrell's next. Again, going in alphabetical order here. Uh, performance for Darrell. We're going to go, well, I mean, he did. He, he almost pulled off avoiding elimination, makes the last one, wins it. Uh, smartly uh, has the little side alliance. Also, kind of smartly is like, we're not going to talk about our alliance out in front of everyone, like the Save the Palace one. Um, I'm going to go ahead, you know what? I'm going to give Darrell an A. I think he handled everything really, really well. And then again, you know, the final is what the final was, and they got second or third or tied for second, whatever. But a great showing all around for him. As for should they be back, I'm going to go with a... This is a tough one for me. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a B, uh, another B here. Uh, better be back. But again, I I was I liked having Darrell on double agents, and I wouldn't be against him being on the flagship one more time. Uh, but I certainly, given the the trajectory they seem to be going on with the All Stars three, um, which I can't remember if he's on or not. Um, but I could do I could do another Darrell season. So he's a B. He's a better. All right. Then we got. We got Derek, one with just a K, Cancun, Derek, Derek C, and uh, great his performance for the year. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with a B. Is another one where uh, I think his performance was borderline an A, but it just wasn't super long, and so uh, I feel like I can't 100. You have to really, really, really do something wild and crazy to get an A, and only have been on a couple of episodes. So we're giving him a B. Loved everything about it. Should he be back? We're gonna go with a C. There. There's part of me that would really, really love it, um, and there's part of me that uh, thinks, um, you know, what? I'm gonna upgrade this to a B because I actually, yeah, we're giving a B and a B, a B for, for, for performance, a B for yes. I do think. Uh, his time was cut a little short, and there's more more to have from Derek C. So a B for performance, a B for should you be back. Derek K, performance-wise, I am going to give a C, and that is because we're grading this on, you know, uh, on everyone's own kind of curve here, and we I thought Derek was going to go a lot further, do a lot better. I thought this game was set up for him to do just that, and he was taken out a little bit early, and technically, you know, the season started. He versus Nehemiah was kind of the first how it was framed outright at the beginning, and he went home, and Nehemiah went to the final. Uh, so he gets a C. As for should he be back? This one is the hardest one. It was the hardest one with All-Stars 1. I love, love, love Derek. I love having him on these shows, but I also get a lot of Derek in my life because I listen to his wonderful podcast, Challenge Mania. Um, And so it was one of those where it's like, he's still been in my life, so I'm not itching as much as I am to see some of these other people brought back in, but I still really like when he's there. So that seems like the definition of a C for me. And again, that's a a bit of an unfair grade given just he's in my life because I love his podcast. Um, and that brings him, you know, I, I have Derek challenge content in my life. So, uh, you know, that weighs on the grade, but a C performance, a C should they be back for Derek. And this, I would say for, I don't, I forget who's all in the all-stars three cast. Um, but it's more of a, a C for the next season or two, but a, an A for, yes, I want to see Derek on another season somewhere. I would actually really want to see Derek on the flagship. He might be the number one choice of put that motherfucking crazy ass back in there with the young pups and let let them all doubt him. And let's get some classic like Derek, underdog Derek 
coming out and whooping some ass. I want to see that. So maybe an A for get him on the flagship show one more time and a C for All-Stars. Then we got Janelle. Performance. Um, I'm giving the performance. I got I got to give it an A. Uh, one, she did well in dailies, won an elimination, made it to the final, and also had some really good, you know, her and Darrell had the secret kind of alliance before they actually became partners. And she, you know, was navigating things kind of in the middle a little bit more really well through the whole thing and just enjoyed enjoyed having her on the show. A performance for Janelle. Should Do I want to see her back? We're going to go now with all this stuff with the final. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually going to go an A because with everything she has shared about the final, I actually I, I really, really, really want to see her come back and get another shot at maybe a more uh, streamlined final, if you will. So I'm giving Janelle an A. In an A. Jasmine. Jasmine's up next. <sighs> this is the moment where I'm really starting to wish I maybe thought these through ahead of time because um, I'm, I'm fearing I'm going to get to the end of this and and not like what the collective uh, grades look like, but we're still going to do these individually. Um, so Jasmine. Jasmine, one of the people I was the most excited for coming back. I have recently been watching uh, as I'm doing my rewatch. I... I didn't start initially with season one. I started kind of in the middle and I started with rivals and have watched like six seasons in a row, which means I watched all four seasons that Jasmine was on. And boy, was she the definition of an all-star on the OG show. Um, and she did great back on this one. Didn't quite get as much of her as I wanted. Um, so we're going to go with the B performance. And as far as bringing her back, an A. I, I need I need Jasmine back on the show. Jody, Jody's performance. We're going to go with a B. Bringing her back. We're also going to go with a B. Um, similar to what we said about Brad. Uh, you know, obviously they kind of played the game almost the whole game together. Jody, very smart. You know, partnering up with Derek kind of beginning, and once he went away, agreeing to partner up with Brad, and was the dominant female of the house for sure um, the whole way through. They won a whole bunch of stuff. And they kind of have some footnotes added to how they exited the game. And uh, I, I, w- I would like to see her back. I think she uh, brings a lot a lot to the show, and we didn't get all of it here. And so uh, a B and a B. John A, performance has to be an A. She freaking won, and she was delightful all season long, yet again. Um, as for bringing her back, I feel like we, you know, there's part of me that's like, we've got the full arc now. Like we had two seasons with her coming back and we got all the way to where she freaking won. And it's amazing. And we're so thrilled for, her. and so the arc feels kind of complete. So that makes me want to be like, no, we like don't need, we don't need her back necessarily, but is another one similar kind of what I said about Derek, uh, Derek K is that I don't know if I need John a back like next season because that arc is a little bit complete and I want to kind of make room for more to bring their arcs back into our lives. Um, but I want to see her back for sure somewhere in the future, but also she won. So I kind of, I need to see her defend her title. So we're going to go with a B. Uh, we're going to go with a B on should they be brought back. Katie, Katie's performance, I got to give a C, and should they be brought back, um, I'm going to actually say D, and it breaks my heart to say it about someone as wonderful and amazing as Katie, but I think uh, seasons one and two, we got we got the reintroduction of Katie back into our lives, and uh, we got what well, we got out of that story, and it was great and wonderful, and uh, wasn't around super long on this season, and I think, I think we're probably good. I think we got what we needed out of the Katie comeback, and uh, it was wonderful, and we're going to give C for performance and a D for should she be brought back. Kendall. 
Kendall, one of the stars of All-Stars 1, um, had a starring role early in All-Stars 2, left with the injury midway through, um, was definitely in a really good position when that all went down. And uh, we're going to give her performance a B, uh, very solid, um, you know, performed very, very well, and was set up with Latarian as a partner to perform really well the rest of the way through. Unfortunately, that injury ended it. Should she be back? Um, another one where she's been on one and two. We've got a lot out of the Kendall comeback, and there's so many other people I want to see come back on the show. I'm going to have to go with the C here. Uh, you could, I, and I would enjoy it, um, but I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, stressing over. Um, there's other people that have moved ahead of her on the list now that we've got two seasons with her. Latarian. Latarian's next. Performance. Man, I really would have liked to see him make the final. Um, I'm going to give the performance. Man, that pole wrestle, though, was pretty amazing. And, yeah, that last elimination they lost wasn't fantastic, but he gave us quotes throughout, gave us moments. He was a part of the King's Palace that gave us so much. That was the dominant storyline of the season. Um, I'm going to have to settle on a B uh, for Latarian performance, but should he be brought back, that's an A. (laughs) Latarian. I have not had anywhere near enough of the Latarian comeback in our lives. I I want him, as it stands right now, I would say have him on every single season of All-Stars. We'll see after the next season if he's on it, if that stands. But for right now, absolutely bring Latarian back yet again. Leah, uh, Leah, it was wonderful to see again, to have reconnected with, was one of those, um, again, that we said, you know, with respect, was not a name we expected to see when they announced the cast, but was we were once they did, we're like, oh yeah, uh, that's fun and there's potential there. And uh, wasn't on the show super long, but did you know have a couple nice moments along the way. Definitely seemed like she got a lot out of it for herself, which we're very happy to see. But performance wise, um, you know, I'm gonna have to give it a C and brought back probably a D. I don't I don't think we need much more. It's a really hard thing for the for those that are coming back to like I did one or two seasons 20 some years ago. Most of y'all even hardcore fans don't even 100% remember me. It's a really hard thing to pull off, you know, what Anayana pulled off on this season and and just completely shine bright in every possible way, sport, show, everything in between. Um so Leah C performance D brought back. Then we've got Melinda. We're over halfway through here. I think Melinda next. Melinda made the final. That's huge. First final. Her and her real world Austin teammate Nehemiah. Uh, Melinda's performance wise, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go all the way. And A or and B. I'm I'm gonna have to give uh, give it an A. I think she kicked ass all the way through. Toughed it out through an injury in the final. Um, played the you know strategically played the alliances right the whole time. And uh, yeah, we're giving her an A. As for should she be brought back? This is a tough one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a C for that. Again, another one right in the middle. Mostly this one because I can't really make up my mind strongly one way or the other, which I guess seems to be like the definition of a C. So uh, that's Melinda, A performance, C coming back. Then we got MJ. Loved having MJ here. Love, love, love. Still, we'll always say it over and over. You know, real world Philadelphia, one of my favorite seasons. One of the most, you know, right in the right time for me to have been watching that. Philadelphia, Austin, Key West. Those are those are my seasons for my age group, if you will. But uh, MJ makes the final, gets the win. So we can't really give him anything else but an A for performance. I mean, freaking one. So that that's an A all the way through. Plus, he was fantastic television all the way through. And then as for should he be back, 
I'm going to go with a B, mostly on the back of, well, partially because uh, same as John A, like you got to defend your title. So like the, the winner kind of has to come back. Um, but then B, I also, at the end of the season, we started to, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the one out here judging bodies too much, but we started to see a little more shirtless MJ and started to remember that MJ was like either was or borderline professional athlete way back in the day and still clearly uh, it's got a lot of strength and muscle under there and, uh, you know, proved it in the final did awesome. So I both wanted to see him defend that title. And, uh, I think there's, there's more to give from MJ. So a performance B overall, then we got Nehemiah. This is, this one's easy. It's an a performance and it's an a bring him back. Uh, he was, you know, arguably the face of the season, uh, this season, um, from the toast at the beginning onward and, you know, made the final tied for second, uh, won some stuff, ran the big, you know, the storyline of the season was the King's Palace and that alliance, and he was running that and, you know, uh, was bringing up a lot of real-world things tied to that as reasonings for wanting to have that alliance and put all that forward. Everything about it was amazing, um, and his performance was great and good television, good quotes, good moments, good performance on the sports side, second place. Overall, he gets an A performance, and he's got to be back uh, when you – you know, are arguably the face of the show for a full season. You, you, it, just the same way MJ and John A have to defend their actual title of winning. Nehemiah's got to defend his uh, dominant face of the franchise season. So an A and an A for Nehemiah. Couldn't be anything else. Next up, we got Ryan. Uh, didn't get as much time as we would have liked with Ryan. Basically, say that about everyone that exited the first three, four, five episodes of the season. Um, but performance wise. Um, he was on the receiving end of that dissolvable shorts prank. We got to factor that in for sure, but, uh, we're, we're going to give the performance a C, um, gave us some good stuff in the show side, not as much on the sports side this time around. Um, but enjoyed his time on the show. And then we're going to have to do another, a C as well for bringing back. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm just totally torn on, I was excited for him to come back this season. Didn't get quite enough. And I don't know if whether there isn't a ton more to mine or we just didn't get enough of it. So I'm torn between, you know, a B and a D. So I'm just going to go with C. So that's Ryan. Then we got Sophia. Uh, you know, um, I'm, I really struggle to give the lower grades as is probably clear at this point, but we're, we're going to go with a C and a D for Sophia. Uh, didn't, you know, she got, she was part of another memorable moment of the season with Ayana giving the gift of going into elimination um, versus Jody of all people to Sophia in that whole moment. But it was one that, you know, was definitely, I think, honestly, the num number one person that I, as a, someone who calls myself a challenge historian, had to think of who who was that um, when they announced the cast and enjoyed the short brief time we had with her, um, but uh, think this might have been a, a one off situation. So a C performance, a D bring them back. Steve, we give a B for performance, uh, but we give a D for bringing back um, another one that was a little bit lesser known relative to the rest of the cast. Um, although I was very excited once I fully realized, remembered who Steve was, um, because of my devotion and love for season seven, the gauntlet, um, that he was very prominent on. He did some really 
fun, impressive things, had some memorable moments, uh, but ultimately left pretty early. So B performance-wise, uh, he was a bit of a villain in the end of the season of going against the King's Palace initially um, in the early days of that alliance. But uh, not sure I need a ton more from Steve, the hand model, um, who uh, enjoyed having around, but doesn't look like Jason Momoa as much as he thought he looks like Jason Momoa. And moving on, Tech, an A and an A that, I don't even know if we have to explain this, but, uh, you know, made the final amazing was part of the main storyline. Amazing was kind of in the running with Nehemiah for kind of the face of the season. Amazing, uh, did well at some of the challenges and, uh, and things did awesome. You know, won an elimination, got physical with Steve in that elimination, um, talked some shit throughout, had the best fit week after week, got an award, a weekly award named after him because of his fits. Um, so just all across the board, a performance and yes, tech. I want more tech. I'm not, I'm not done with tech. He's been on both seasons, all stars. And I want him on the next one. Cause it's just, he was made for television and it's really a shame, uh, whether he, if, you know, it's not a shame if it's cause he didn't want to, but it's a shame if he would have been willing, uh, that he wasn't on more seasons of the challenge way back when, cause he would have been a wonderful addition to, many, many of those early seasons. Um, then we got Tina who we, I should give an a, but I'm going to give a B to just cause she quit. Uh, and quitters, quitters don't get A's no matter what the reason for quitting was for, which I think it was a, a smart decision for her, for her mental health, especially given what she said at the start, the quote that we nominated, um, of her saying she had no need for the money. She has a fabulous life. We're happy to hear that. Hope it continues being as fabulous as possible. But someone who quits, even if the reasons were decent, we're not giving an A. But she gets a B, the highest grade possible for someone who leaves the show under that circumstances. And uh, wanting her back, going to give an A, um, even with the way she left. You know, we talked about it when it happened. If that's if that's the case, should should we want her to come back? Because the same thing might happen again of this house, this atmosphere, this, uh, this situation bringing out things she doesn't, you know, she's tried to change about her personality. Um, but she was the one tied with Tyler for the most excited person. I was the person I was most excited about to come back in the beginning of the season, loved everything, having her on the season. So I would love to have her back if she thinks it's a good thing for her, uh, in her life, in uh, her mental. So a B performance, an A, want her back. And then Tyler, um, this one it might be a little biased, but another A and an A. I need Tyler back on the show, 100%. 100%. Um, and I think his performance, even if it was cut short, he lost to Letarian in the pole wrestle in an absolutely brutal, brutal pole wrestle where he gave unbelievable effort. So can't hold that against him. Performed well throughout the season, had moments, had quotes, uh, was a delight to have on our screens again. Did really well on the sports side. He gets an A and an A. Please, please, please give us some more Tyler Duckworth in our future. Keep filming these during the summer. If he's going to keep uh, being a teacher and getting those summer breaks, make sure you're always filming a season in the summer so that we can get him back. So those are your grades all the way through. Everyone just got their two grades. And now just looking back at this list I just made, uh, I can't decide if uh, everything was fair. If you know the group has a lot of A's and B's, and I feel like I'm supposed to, I call myself this hard ass grader. I don't know if I should have given everyone so many A's and B's, but again, this cast as a whole gets an A or a B for just being awesome the whole way through this this season. Again, back going back to that season grade, we might have landed on a B minus, but it had nothing to do with the cast themselves. It had to do with the 
some production woes on that front. So this cast was awesome, and these grades reflect that. But that brings us to our final award, and that is the season MVP, which based on these grades, you can probably guess. But we're going to go five to one here. And uh, we got a three-way tie for fifth place. There's a lot of people who got some votes, who made some MVP ballots, but only f- eight, <laughs> well, five, six, seven, seven, that made the final top five list. Seven people, top five. That's how these things work, of course. But tying for fifth, Tyler, Jasmine, Tina were the, if you would have stayed longer, you probably would have ended up higher or maybe even won this award. But they, all three, fantastic seasons, high grades across. But they just weren't there long enough to compete with our top four. Fourth place for MVP voting was Ayana. Third place was John A. And then the really, really difficult splitting hairs here. But second was Nehemiah. And first, your MVP of All Stars 2, Tech. Tech money has, I mean, he has to, has to, has to, has to be. I think it really, if, if it's not Tech, it's Nehemiah. Um, even though neither of them won, again, the MVP of the season does not have to be who won the season. They won. They already, they did that. They got that prize. Um, this prize separate, um, going far is kind of a, a prerequisite just cause we need to get a lot of you to really earn that MVP again. Why Tyler Jasmine Tina maybe would have been higher if they made it further into the season, but they're in fifth, Ayana fourth, John a third, Nehemiah second tech first. I just think episode one to 10. If, if we're talking the most valuable, if you removed someone from this season, uh, how much work better or worse does the season get? If you remove tech, this thing gets a whole, whole lot worse really, really quickly. And I think by the largest factor, even over removing a Nehemiah or a John a or an Ayana from the season, which removing any of those people would have made the season a lot worse, certainly. But I think the biggest gap would have been taken away tech. He carried the confessional room in a big way at times. He, uh, you know, his performances, the talking shit, the being, you know, a big part of the uh, King's Palace Alliance, everything through. I think this season will be, if I have to remember it for one single person, I remember All-Stars 2 for Tech. So he is my season MVP. Congrats to him. And with that, we've handed out the grades. We've handed out the awards. We've graded the season. We've talked about all the controversy. We've done a whole lot of stuff over a whole long time frame. So, Thank you for being at this point in the podcast, still being here at the very, very end here. We are going to end this with the final thing to touch on, just very, very quick, like 60-second. Our hopes for All-Stars 3, which, again, we think uh, we know has already been filmed. We got the little teaser. It's in Panama. The house looks dope. TJ's there, of course. Um, that's all we got from the teaser. We're, I'm expecting it without actually knowing or any you know leaks having happened or anything. Um, to to get a trailer in the next week or two and to announce that it's going to start streaming in February or maybe like first week of March at the latest. Um, so it's coming soon. The cast is stacked. I'm not going to go into it in case you're not, you want to wait until the official, official announcement of the cast, um, but it it's known who the cast is and it's stacked and it's a little younger um, and definitely from the sports side going to be a little bit more competitive um, but looking forward to it. The competition should be amazing because of the cast. Um, can the show be amazing? I hope so. I'm hoping that this season of All-Stars 2 trended a little bit towards the flagship show, which we've talked, we wanted the flagship show to trend more towards All-Stars, not the reverse, which is what's kind of happening. So um, we'll see if with a season three, uh, you know, how the slightly younger adults and OGs and all-stars do. Um, 
I'm, I'm hoping that it's amazing. I'm hoping the competition is fierce. I'm hoping that the show part of it is still just as fun and funny and nostalgic and they trend more towards All-Stars 1 and less towards the flagship series. There's It's more straightforward. It's more streamlined. It's more well-explained in the moment to the people playing it. And it's just all around great. That's what we're hoping for. I'm also, really, can we, can we fucking get Rivals 4? Can we get the flagship season 38 announced filming something? Don't let that thing die. I, I want to see All-Stars 3. I'm dying to see it. But then let's get a season 38 of the flagship. And let's let's make it Rivals 4. Please and thank you. Um, so that's what we're hoping for, for All-Stars 3. Again, uh, this podcast is going to be on a brief break for the next, I don't know, maybe month-ish or so. We'll be back sometime in February or whenever All-Stars 3 is officially trailer out, announced, and we're within a week or two of that premiering. We will have a huge preview extravaganza for that season when it happens. We might be back sooner if that season isn't going to happen until into March. We'll be back sometime in February with more. As always, hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you're listening so you don't miss that. And head over to Instagram, follow us at Challenge Historian so that when things start ramping back up, um, they will be doing so in a big way, bigger than they ever have been in the history of the show thus far in all of those announcements and timelines and, and fun, different content and more daily-like content will be coming on the Challenge Historian Instagram feed very, very soon. So... With that, thank you for listening to this very, very long recap podcast. Thank you for listening all season long. I hope you enjoyed All-Stars 2 as much as I did. I hope you're as ready and eager for All-Stars 3 or Season 38 or whatever is to come next in the challenge world as I am. I will be here to cover it all when it happens. Until then, have a wonderful life. I will talk to you again soon. Peace.